going to randomly start. <laughs> right, we can edit it in post. Ah, <laughs> uh, we'll see. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so you were saying, no, 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 you were saying though right now, I just want to hear you, your rest of your thought. Right. Okay. So I was just explaining how, for me, it's, it's not that it's deja vu. It's a lesson. I'm learning lessons that I should have learned in, in a sense that I'm relearning lessons that I thought I learned and I was done with. But I was explaining to you how there's like this well-known quote that like time's not a line, it's a circle. And that um, somebody actually made an amendment to it saying that time is like a spiral. So it's like each time it goes around, you're up one ring and it kind of goes like that into affinity. So for me, it's like you could be at the same spot, but you're looking at it from like another perspective because you're able to recognize, like it feels like something from the past, but you're kind of elevated. So now you're seeing it again. And in a sense, like that's you, or like, you know, the universe trying to elevate you once more time. So I'm kind of like looking at it and I'm seeing it and I'm picking it and I'm able to kind of figure out like, oh, okay, this is why my energy feels this way. And this is why I feel like this in these types of environments around these types of energy. And um, I'm learning that. And I'm also like, I'm thankful, but it's also like, okay, the second part to that is like, oh, okay, now that you know, what are you going to do about it? Oh, isn't you know? that the hard thing? <laughs> so, I call it yeah. so unfair that we have less excuses than other people. Once you know, you can't just say you don't know. <laughs> Right. And then, and then it's even exactly. harder to not be hard on yourself because it's so exactly. easy for me to be hard on myself now and be like, really? <laughs> no, absolutely. Like that's one of the hardest parts about, you know, the whole mindfulness journey. It's like you learn enough. And that's why it's like, people are like, Oh, ignorance is bliss. Like, Oh my gosh, there is like some truth to that. Right. Cause when you don't know, you can't like the awareness isn't even there. Right. But when you do know, right? You have to act. And remember, choosing not to act is also a decision. Yeah. So it's like, okay, am I going to punish myself for knowing and not doing what I know I should do? Or, right, the other side of that is you're still in a sense like, okay, great, now I got to act, potentially fail at it, and then get mad at myself for failing at it. Yeah. Right? It's just like, and then the whole should thing. Like, I, I always like to be easy with myself by there is no should. Everything happened as it should be. So it's interesting that, um, it, that you said about the spiral, because it's true. So then maybe next time when it comes around, you notice quicker, you notice mm -hmm. more of it, right? Mm -hmm. And then it comes in the same thing more and quicker, and you get it, you have that bigger space. So maybe the spiral expands out bigger, do you think? comes up less often, a little lighter each time. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I do feel that. I really like your analogy. <laughs> I maybe, can feel maybe. that one. Like, I just, it, it, it's just, yeah, this whole thing is just one, like 2020 for me has been one whole <laughs> learning experiment. It, I honestly feel, it's almost like every day I age another year. <sighs> That's what it honestly feels like. And it's like, <laughs> I feel like I didn't age until 2020. Like I always told everybody I was ageless and then 2020, I feel it a little. <laughs> you just take, you know, every single time, <laughs> every single time. I'm like, yo, is, is the year done yet? No, not even. Oh yeah, that's true too. We're talking about it <laughs> in past tense already. <laughs> I and so can't wish it away. <laughs> I have a cousin who's like, listen, I'm not cussing the year. And I'm like, Oh, that like, you know, good for you. 
But I won't lie. I'm going to be one of those people, like, you know, New Year's Eve waking up just to make sure that the last year passed. <laughs> oh, no. Groundhog Day. <laughs> so, yeah. you imagine it would come back around and it'd start all over? You like it? I mean, essentially that it is. Because, again, <laughs> right? Like, time isn't a line. It's just... Mm. right like what it's is all time? at the same time though doesn't it feel like it happened like I feel like kind of with time it's all at once like it just feels like it's all at once it's all happening in the same moment at the same time all the time because there is only now so there's only this moment so it's all happening now like that's what I feel with time that's why people are always talking about it and I don't really subscribe to time because it's just all right now there is no later or before I don't know. It's just a strange feeling I get when people talk about time. It's almost like time is esoteric to me because okay. it just doesn't exist. There is no really, it's all right now. The whole, everything is now. So it's hard. Yes and no. Because, okay. So time, <laughs> it does exist because the thing is our definition of it is just weird, right? Like we created it kind of like, I think it only exists for us. I don't think animals care about time or, worry about i don't think anything else on this planet really thinks of time no our us. relationship humans relationship yeah. with time is completely you know it's a whole different subject but <laughs> yeah i don't know time is time is an interesting a very interesting thing you know the fact that it can like compact and like expand almost instantaneously you mass you you mix that with memories right and that alone is like you know, you could have the whole of an existence and imagination, but like you said, it can only pass through the present moment. So like, even, you know, when you meditate, you can figure out how far into the future you are or how far into the past you are. Right. But again, that awareness doesn't come until it intersects with the present moment right now. Right. Right. So I could be like, okay, yo, December, 2021, I know where I want to be. Yeah. Right. I can also in this thing, take myself back two months, you know, three months, four months when my nephew was alive. Right. And relive those memories. So in a sense, like, you know, if I try hard enough, I can get stuck in the past. Right. Mm -hmm. Or I can protect to a future that essentially neither exists right now. Right. You're not experiencing it in the now. So therefore it's not, it, it's not real. It's not real in your experience right now. Yeah. It's a thought. Yeah. It's a thought. It's, you know, it's what you're bringing up through your body. Right. True I that. totally feel that. <laughs> True that. I, What's I going don't, on? Oh. oh, wait, should we do an intro? We oh yeah. Intro. Yeah. Go for it. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. We're us. Hey, we're talking about stuff. I'm sure you've noticed. This is Shahadra. Um, she likes Shay sometimes. And I'm Sherry. And Sherry's cool with me. Uh, yeah. Right now we're discussing anything that's kind of coming up in our flow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So wait, what's going on with you? I know you said you wanted to talk to me about some like something oh, important. Yeah, I, I, had, I had like a trauma on Sunday that was so deep. Oh my gosh. Okay. I didn't know if we were going to do this on this. I thought, okay. You, hey, if you want to pass, pause, probably, go ahead. It's probably going to be right on par. So, and you know, I'm curious to see what you have to say about it. Okay. So, so yeah, I had an experience that I would label as traumatic if I'm going to judge the experience a little bit. Um, yeah, so I, I had a good Saturday night. Everything was great. We're all good. 
we went to bed in my household and but we have dogs and they tend to wake me up like constantly for one thing or another because they don't really experience the night the way we do so so i i get up early to let the dog out but i'm only wearing like a t-shirt okay because it's early morning so i just wearing a t-shirt not even like a night shirt and my my older dog is th like 13 years old and she's a german shepherd so she has to watch her feet as she's going down the steps out the backyard so i'm watching her feet as she's stepping out and i don't notice the gate is open because there's trees there and with the wooden trees you kind of would have to look right at it to notice it and she just went right out the gate so it's like oh shoot, I can't just go running after her. I was mindful enough to not just dart out the yard to where all the neighbors are and like whoever could see me and just assure. So I, by the time I got upstairs to get my, my clothing and back out the door, I was starting to feel the panic set in because we live fairly close to a highway and she's so old now that her eyesight and hearing is not great. So I started to have all these images and visuals of things that had not happened. Okay, nothing had happened. But my mind started to picture the worst things happening to this dog. Like she's going to run out, Jazz is going to run out on the road and not see or hear anything. And then now that doesn't just traumatize her. That traumatizes anyone involved who sees it, the people who are there. Like I'm picturing all these things. But again, nothing has happened. So now I'm suffering thoughts mm. of things that I hadn't even experienced yet. So anyways, I got outside and got to her. She wasn't far. I was already crying in a mess. Luckily, a neighbor came out and hugged me because I was, Aww. yeah, well, because I was like kind of in it. So I was like, okay, you need to dial this back a bit. The dog's, everything's fine. What am I experiencing and why? Right? So I come back in the house and I'm like, why was the gate even open for a second there? I didn't even think of that, you know? So I'm going around the house where we kind of woke up the whole household with like, you know, the dogs out and running out and it was kind of chaotic. And my youngest daughter, Sky Lily, was not in her room. And I looked around everywhere and she's not in the house. This is um, like 630 in the morning. Okay. So I don't know where my daughter is at 630 in the morning. And this is not the first time that this has happened. Um, and because she's not upset when this happens, uh, I can't call the police or for any help. They just basically say, try to find your kid. So oh, yeah, I have to sit for a moment now because this yeah. just happened time. on Sunday. Take your time. And I just breathe into it. <sighs> so yeah, so now I've just had a panic, panic moment with the dog and then I realize now I'm gonna panic about my daughter. So immediately, um, past traumas I've experienced in my life came up and I, all memories I hadn't even thought of in years, you know, damage that was done to me so young. And I'm picturing it because she's that age and she's out there and I don't know what time she left. I don't know any information, just that she took out the back gate. So we started um, driving around and looking for her. Um, and every moment I would have a thought come up, a picturing her in some bad situation or hurt, or maybe I won't see her again. Maybe I'll never see her dance again came up into my mind because she does all these dances and, and I try to tape them for her and I, and I kept picturing how I'll never see her dance again. I mean, that's not the truth and that wasn't real, but that was what I was experiencing because I, I kept going into that. So I had to keep going, hang on, 
that didn't happen. You don't know what's happened. So put yourself back. We went to her friends' houses and, and normal hangouts she goes to. Uh, her favorite thing to do is walk this like three hour trail. Um, wow. Yeah, except for it's really early in the morning and it was storming on Sunday <laughs> and I had only thrown on like my pants and, and shoes, no socks, nothing. And so I started to hike that trail. Any person I saw, I would ask. So now I'm affecting everybody around me. Like, have you seen this girl? This is what she looks like. This is her name. And, and every person I met would say, we've all been through this. Just breathe. Every person was telling me to breathe. And I thought, this is amazing. They all know what I need to do to center myself. You know, so I would have to keep going to my breath. And I don't even just mean how we talk about the sensation of breath. I would literally have to think about breathing. Just breathe. Just breathe deeper, you know, and keep taking the panic and just being with it. Like, sit with these feelings. Let these thoughts come up. And don't go down the rabbit holes of these thoughts because you don't have time for that. You have to be aware of everything around you. I took down every license plate I saw, you know, in case we need to ask people. Like there was a man, he was drinking at the lake um, and he had his truck there, but he could just be a man drinking at the lake that early in the morning. Or I thought, what if he's a predator? What if he, you know, already did something to her? What if she's in the lake, you know? So I took his license plate. I don't know if that'd be necessary later on. So I walked the trail until there's a part where it's completely flooded out. Um, and dangerous to cross because it's storming now. And if I cross it, like, what if I slip and end up in the lake? And my, so I'm logical and no, I shouldn't. But the urge to find her is so great. I did it anyways. Okay. So I walked across this like dangerous section of a flooded out path and like risked myself in that temperature weather in the storm, like so illogical, you know, just to, to maybe I'd find her. Anyway, so um, I walked the entire path and nothing. And on the way back, I was starting to feel like a bit of peace, ironically. All of a sudden, I started to have this deep peace because I knew if I kept building up panic or these thoughts, if I kept like just letting them flow, I was being with them. But if I, but if I allowed to stay with those emotions, like I was starting to feel physical sensations of pain all over my body. My heart felt like it was cracking, like there were fissures in my heart. You know, my, my, I would have to keep watching my breath so I wouldn't hyperventilate. I started to feel like cold and like as if I was getting a fever, you know, all these strange sensations all over my body. And I had to realize there is peace in there somewhere. I could feel it. And I had to kind of find it and allow myself to feel it to kind of keep centered. Otherwise, I would just, you know, not be able to continue looking for her. I could just be a mess. I could be crying and useless, right? So anyways, uh, by the end of the path, I came back and her father was there and he said she had contacted home finally and there, she didn't leave out of anger. She just does that. She just gets like where she wants to take off or go to the woods or go to a friend's house. And she was actually at one of the friend's houses we had already been to, uh, but they didn't hear us knocking on the door because it's so early in the morning and going around and calling. Nobody had heard us. So she's safe. Everything's fine. And I'm thinking, why did I go through this? Why was this necessary? So we explained the story to her about like, this is what happened. This was the consequence of you taking off and leaving the gate open. This was what we experienced. And she starts to cry. Um, and she says something so profound to me. And I realized this is the blessing that came from all this. She says, how can you love me so unconditionally? 
how could you love anybody that could put you in that position and feel those feelings? And I said, oh, wow, this is what it was meant to be. You are meant to feel that unconditional love. This just is. There's no reason to it. There's no why did I cross that, you know, stream and, and risk myself. There's no reason. There's just the love and the unconditional love. And I'm so glad she got to feel it. It was so profound what we had as a family on, on Sunday afternoon. And we kind of slept together on the couch to, to recharge because it was so emotional. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was all a blessing, but I, I couldn't see it in the moment, right? Oh, man. <laughs> What a weekend. Right? My day off was uh, <laughs> rather mindful. <laughs> no, that's like, oh, man, I'm, I'm so thankful that everything is okay now. And thank you so much for sharing that with not only me, but, you know, our audience. Because uh, how you were able to find, you know, the silver lining in that entire thing so quickly is amazing. Mm. Like, you know, more power to you. And, you know, for Sky Lily, like, like you said, she felt it, right? Like, it's one thing for you to tell your kids, yeah, I love you, you know? Even like to hear like, I love you, but like, you know, when you feel it at a level that you've never felt it before and you come to that awareness, it does something profound for that person, you know? So, whew, what an experience, you know? I know, it's true. Uh, yeah, so I feel blessed for that now rather than why me? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, even if you are like, so what if you were in that moment and those are the feelings that you're feeling and, you know, all you can do is feel it. Like at the end of the day, you're human. You're allowed to feel worried. You're allowed to feel panic. Like the world is crazy, you know? <laughs> so many things could have happened. And essentially, like your mind is essentially what it's trying to do is trying to prepare you. It's trying to give you ideas of, you know, how else would you know where to look and, you know, the potentials that can happen, like that could have all potentially come into you. So you didn't necessarily do anything wrong. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. What you did do extremely right is that, you know, like, Hey, listen, is this for the moment or is this my imagination? What exactly is going on right now and what's going to help me get to the next point? Cause ultimately it's about, you know, locating your dog and locating your dog at the end then you could be like oh wow funny how those two intersect yeah right <laughs> you know? which so often they do at the end of the day anybody listening like you're not a vacuum you know the things that you do have an effect on everybody around you regardless and if you think they do they do absolutely you know and in a sense you get to see how much how much more that is because like you said it's not just you and your family. It's every stranger you meet. It's every door that yeah. you knock on. It's every, you know, person whose um, license plate you wrote down. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? And it's just yeah. like, it, to me, it's like, that's in a farther reminder. Like, even when you think of like a kindness, you know, how far a kindness can go, right? It literally, like, these are the things that awareness allows us to become, right? You're still going to get swept up. Who cares? Oh, yeah. Five minutes is okay. You have to allow yourself that. You know, at the end of the oh, day, yeah. you're also a mother. You're also a dog owner. You're looking out for their best interests. That's all yeah. allowed to come. And giving yourself space to process it all. I'm sure, like, you know, hopefully somebody else on your, like, in your family or on your team is more, like, you know, more, like, level-headed. So while you're, you know, going off in one direction, somebody's a little bit more grounded and kind of just, you know, figuring out all the moving parts. You hope. <laughs> Hope, hopefully, if not, I mean, <laughs> whew, 
but it was kind of like what we were talking about the mindfulness thing like how sometimes you kind of beat yourself up about it because i was thinking like oh no i know why this is going to happen to me this my child's something bad's going to happen to her because the universe thinks i can take it so then i started oh. thinking yeah i had these reoccurring thoughts of oh you know you handled so many things up till now maybe this is like now the next challenge but then i was like hang on that that's not necessary. You know, mm -hmm. I don't necessarily have to suffer anything. I don't need to create suffering where there is none yet. Mm -hmm. So, so dial that back a bit, girl, <laughs> you know, like, like watch that train of thought. You're going to add so much power to that train. You're going to, you know, go off. It's not going to be able to stop. I'll just be caught up. Right. So yeah, that was one thing. So being mindful, even still, I had to be like, well, I'm not that mindful. I can't have experiences. Right. Like that's not mindful. Mindful is just being with the experience. Right. right. You're there. And like you said, uh, if I, if I take it for as it is and experience it in the moment and then let it go and try to try to glean what I can from it, like, mm -hmm. Today is what, Tuesday? Uh, if this had have happened probably five years ago, I would still be depressed today because I would be reoccurring it, like living it and experiencing it again and remembering the thoughts in a different way. Whereas now I'm talking about it like a story. I can be objective with it and not so, I'm a little emotional still, I'm not gonna lie, it's so pretty raw, right? That's okay, but, I forgive you. Yeah, right, but you can see it like I'm, I'm healing through it, right? So that's the, that's the difference for me between me then and now would be, the amount of time I'm going to allow myself to experience that suffering. I kind of also want to bring up, because you did mention, you know, panic and how that connected with the breath. And um, I, used to, I used to suffer with a uh, severe panic disorder. It was actually one of the first signs that I knew that like something else was going on with me when I would have like these random panic attacks, like in public and just end up literally a physical mess. And like you were saying, how, how deeply it's connected with your breath. Right. And essentially when you're, you know, when your body's in panic, like your breath gets extremely shallow, right? You're not thinking your body's almost on like this automated response. And sometimes you can get locked in it. And that's not any, that's nobody's problem. It's not nobody's fault. It's just the mechanism of the body. It's meant to protect you from something. Right. Um, the thing with panic is that it's also set off by a thought, which can be, you know, it's usually the worst of the worst. Right. But a lot of people with panic disorder, it's never, you know, something that's actually happening. Right. That sets it off. It's always the thought of something happening that sets it off. So when people are like reminding you to breathe, like the best thing you could do, like, okay, if a doctor caught you, right. The one, the, the, like, say if somebody sees you in a panic and they call like the ambulance, the first thing they're going to give you is oxygen because you're literally not getting any oxygen to your body which is literally like short circuiting, circuiting your brain, which is making your body work that much harder. Your, your heart is gonna start pumping like crazy because it's trying to get oxygen to everything. You at that point cannot, you literally can't think. You get what I'm saying? Your yeah. body is going through the motions and you're gonna to continue to go through that. The, the second thing about that is that is physically exhausting. Mm. After that, Literally, you imagine you're just getting a shot of adrenaline. Essentially, that's what it is. You're going to fall flat within the next 20 minutes. Anything after that, literally, you're, you're, the body is an amazing thing. Your mind is an amazing thing. Mentally and physically, when you're doing with both of them, you really not need to know. You, this is 
the best thing about these things for me personally is once I experienced a panic attack, I really did my research to figure out, okay, what exactly is it? You know, what am I doing to prevent it? Like, is there anything I could do to prevent it? Is it going to keep happening? The, the thing that turns panic into a disorder is that you are afraid of having panic attacks, which is what's mm. going to guarantee it's going to happen again. Right. The, the resistance day, of it pushing on it so hard that it comes. Yeah, exactly. Because what you're going to happen is essentially right now, back in the day, me just thinking about it, it set my body into it. I'd start going shallow. You know, I'd start shaking. I'd start like, you know, essentially, and then I'd start crying just out of nowhere. I could not like everything was just like literally you'd see it in my body. I wouldn't be able to like pull my hands up. That's how bad it got. You know, yeah. it was just like sitting in my body. But as I was saying, like, for me, I, I really had to learn once I came to that. It's like, listen, you're going to if you're afraid to feel the feelings that you're going to feel, you're going to start making them up to get a reaction. And it's not going to work out well for you. You're going to continue to create suffering for yourself, which means that you're not going to be able to help not only yourself, but you're going to be of no use to anybody else. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? And that to me, like when you said I was like, oh, you know, that that's a tough one. Anybody who's ever been to panic attacks and the fact that if you can get like you get around it and you come back from it, the awareness that you gain from it is whoo. Because you realize how much you can control things, how much are in your control. And if you don't, listen, everything is a process. It didn't happen overnight. You get what I'm saying? But for yeah. me, I was able to like realize like, oh, shoot, I'm not breathing. The easiest thing you could do to help yourself and help everybody else is start breathing a little bit deeper. Sometimes like I've seen people even hyperventilate until like a day, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It can sometimes help them. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. The paper bag trick for sure. Yeah. Forces like, you kind like, of yeah. forces the breath. Like, you know, to fo and even the bag, the whole experience is to focus you on the breath and to really, you know, I get that. Yeah. It Anything it you, takes. It slows you down. Because that's why they say like even like the counting trick, if they say count your breaths, automatically you're like one, two, three. Okay, four now becomes yeah. more like, you know? Because you're thinking, so it's automatically, yeah. Exactly, it's training <laughs> your mind to focus on something else. But like, I was just, I just, I love the fact that you said like, listen, I'm creating suffering for myself. And if I continue down this road, it's not, like we kind of already know where it leads, yeah. right? And then yeah. on top of that, like you said, she was probably at home in bed safe, like, you know, watching Netflix, chilling. <laughs> it was like, there was just no need. Yeah, but, yeah the things that we put ourselves through. Right. Especially with your experiences. Like once you, once you've experienced like traumas, many traumas, right. They add up. Now I use my trauma. I like that I've experienced these traumas because it, I mean, I, in my lifetime, the things I've experienced have become useful. They've actually created skills that I didn't realize that I even had, <laughs> but yeah, you create all these skills, all these abilities that you don't even realize you know, that you have, and then you can share them with others and you can relate to others. So, so I don't discount anything I've been through, but, but in that moment, nothing helpful was coming up, right? Nothing that was going to be useful. So you realize like the difference between when something you've experienced and it's useful comes up and when something you've experienced and it's trying to, you know, take your attention down an emotional path down, like, like certain sensations I knew I didn't want to experience in that moment, because that's not useful to the circumstance to feel that right now. <laughs> so, so yeah, Absolutely. that's, 
yeah, to notice the different sensations uh, definitely takes time. You know, I, I think it's practice. I was curious, but I don't like, feel free, you don't have to answer this now, but um, can you kind of just tell us about what, because you're saying that it was connected to a past, you know, trauma. I was wondering if you wanted to express like what you were thinking about when that came up, because that, yeah. that's a serious reaction, you know? I can uh, discuss those things. So when I was a young girl, I used to run away all the time uh, to get away from a situation I was living in. Uh, extremely abusive, um, spiritually, uh, physically, and emotionally, um, and sexually. So what would happen is I would have memories of those things come up, of my body being torn at, or, you know, um, experiences where I was on the street and there was one time where um, I, most of my experiences on the street were good. Most people looked out for me or cared for me or the, you share what little you have and you have nothing and you're sharing. So those are my, my generally mostly my experiences, but those were not what was coming up. Um, I had an experience where a man um, had taken me and like held me up against a wall by my throat. It was like, like a whole sensation. So I could feel his hand on my throat while I was running around looking for and like, oh, you know, I can't even breathe for a moment because I felt it. So it's like remembering the actual feelings of people hurting my body. And, and, you know, um, that that's what, what would come up, like the actual sensations, I'd feel it on my body for just a moment. I'd be like, now, hang on, you can be with that for a moment, but realize it's not useful to be there right now. She's not necessarily experiencing any of these sensations. You don't know that you're making it up because you're relating it to stuff you've been through. That's not what's happening right now. So I did keep like kind of being logical with myself, going back to the breath and then, you know, just just trying to redirect. Um, yeah, so those things did come up. And I guess that's normal to come up. That's what's going to come up. Because whatever you've experienced is all you have to draw on. So if somebody's missing at those hours, you don't expect them to be missing, you know, the, those hours, you, they're not usually gone, you're going to have those things come up. And it's just the difference between where years ago, I would have only thought of those things. And I would have stayed in there stayed in my experience. But that's not her experience, right? So her experience was she went to her friend's house. They wanted to talk about some, you know, drama that was going on and have a whole girl thing together. And, you know, that was it. She thought it was perfectly fine to do that, you know, to leave early and do that. She didn't think, even though that, I mean, we talk about these rules and stuff, but in her mind in that moment, it seemed logical to her and nothing bad happened at all. She had not a negative experience except when she found her parents <laughs> and her sister like an absolute mess, you know, looking for her. And then it was just like, so there wasn't even a consequence that came about from this. We didn't give her a consequence because I mean, what we wanted her to take from it, she already did. The unconditional love I felt was at first we said, okay, what we usually do, we say, we're not telling you a consequence. You think about this behavior and we'll talk about it later. And you can tell us what you think is appropriate. Because that just torments her into, you know, giving her something way worse than I would have done. But uh, we even do that. It, it was just the emotional, you know, connection. And then the fact that we all kind of cuddled and napped together afterwards. And then I didn't feel like a consequence was necessary in that moment because I felt like the fact that she had felt all this was the learning and growing she needed not a punishment's not what she needs right now, because what else would she get from that? You know, I don't think that that would be a deterrent in my mind in this particular situation. 
Got you. Oh my gosh. So thank you so much for sharing that. That I I, I didn't have like you kind of hinted at it before that you had a really rough childhood, but I didn't really, you know, I didn't know the details of it. So thank you for sharing that. Like, Anytime. to be honest, it's like, it's almost like terrifying because like, you're such a beautiful person. Like oh. I cannot imagine the horrors that you had to go through. You get what I'm saying? And um, that it just, honestly, it hurts my heart. It really, really does because it's just like, you don't have to go to trauma to become a beautiful person, but it's often people who have been the most who really tend to be the kindest, most generous people out there. And it, it's, I don't, I, I don't know why, you know, and I, I'm going to continue to ask, you know, God and hopefully get an answer back. But, you know, for the person that you are today, like, I want to, like, I can't, say thank you for you surviving all of that but the person that you are today like damn what an example of like you know you can come from horrors literally you can come from the depths of hell and still create heaven on earth oh so that's so beautiful thank you you know for just being that example well thank you for that acknowledgement uh yeah, that I felt that. Thank you, Shadra. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't take it that way, though. I'm very grateful, like I said, for everything I've been through. Or I wouldn't be me. I wouldn't be the me sitting here. But I agree with you that this is not. I won't write my story as a book because it's not an instruction manual. This is not how we raise our kids to become mindful. So my story will never okay. be like that. Um, that's why I don't really give so many details because I don't feel that's the way anymore. That might have been all we knew then. So that might have been the only way I could get to this point now is that way. And that's fine. But this is not how I've raised my children. They've come at it from a different way, thanks to what I've been through. You know, so so I feel like I can share these stories like stories objectively now because of that, because of the grace of being able to raise my children differently, showing them a different way. And what will happen with their children? It'll just expand. You know, so that's that's what I think like now maybe the suffering is not as necessary. I agree with you there, you know, so that's why it wouldn't be something I would share in too much detail because like I said, that's not an instruction manual. <laughs> Got you. Can, okay, before you were mentioning, and I think it's really important. I, I know you might have like time restrictions, but okay, so so often, especially like, you know, when people talk about like manifestation and just like, you know, the the world kind of gives you the experience that you need to evolve, right? Mm -hmm. I bring this up because it comes up so often, like not only, you know, in our own lives, but like it's perpetuated in television, it's perpetuated in TV scripts, movie scripts, you know, dialogue on how, you know, it's because it's almost like, you know, this toughness, you know, mm -hmm. that, oh, because you went through that, you're like this tough, beautiful warrior mm -hmm. person now and like, you know, the person that I went through, I'm here today. And you've kind of done your job to kind of like separate it. Like, no, one doesn't have to equate the other. You can be a perfectly good human being without going through trauma. I, I kind of wanted to get your opinion on that. Like, it seems like so locked in. I don't ever want to be like, oh, you know, I really hate personally, I hate the fact that people are like, oh, you're drawing that energy to you. And it's just like, okay. 
You, you oh, get what I, I see what you mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I do agree with it, though, that we draw the energy to us. I you weren't expecting that, but I'm a ah. big energy person. I see a lot oh. of it visually and emotionally. I feel it all the time. Um, it's, it's so awful to say. So not that I'm saying as a child. So I'll use my example only. Um, okay. As a child, I didn't want to be abused. Of course not. Yeah. But it's all, yeah. all I kind of knew was what I was living. So I could only draw the people to me that would treat me the same way as I thought I deserved to be treated. And so my experience was when I would reach out for somebody, I would end up abused again. Uh, because those were the people I was reaching out to, because that's where my energy was. I didn't know anything else. So in my experience, when I started to change myself internally at a different level and think, hey, you don't deserve to be treated like this. Nobody does. Can you love yourself enough that other people can love you? Or are you going to just keep hating on yourself so that it's okay for everyone to hate on you? So that, that was a huge shift for me to realize I am creating this. I'm not choosing to have these experiences, but I am drawing that like energy, you know, like, like begets like. So even in science, it proves this, like if you similar things attract similar things, Right. So I think that's what it means with the energy, not that we're choosing it. Nobody's going to choose this. It's not, not to mean like, oh, you dress a certain way, you're drawing some negative attention. Like, I don't mean any of that at all. I know okay. it can go all down that road. I mean, how you're feeling about yourself it is the energy you're putting out. Like it emanates from you. So, so people are going to want to be around you unless they are also emanating similar energy. So it's not like we're intentionally choosing it. That's where the awareness comes into play, I think. And that's why sometimes I can get a little difficult on myself where I say, oh, you're more mindful than to draw that experience. But not to say we don't cross people's paths because you can come across somebody, but it's what we do with the experiences. And, and, and then when you come across somebody and it's not what you would judge as pleasurable, what do you choose to do? Do you stay in that situation? You know, do you judge them for where they are? Of course not. That's exactly where they should be. That's fine. But I don't need to be part of that. So I'll choose okay. to go to where, yeah, to where my energy draws people. So I used to find some of my friends to be rather, we were abusive with each other. We weren't kind and loving and, you know, looking out for each other. We were being kind of spiteful and digging at each other. And maybe not always, like, why is always the jokes we would say to each other, like a cruel dig? Why is that cool? You know? <laughs> So I had kind of like this weird experience with my friends, like, like, we don't enjoy this ever. So I don't have any of those friends anymore. I have different people in my life now that resonate what I want to feel, right? Like you, Chandra, I love you. You're amazing. Everything about <laughs> you, your energy, every conversation is bliss for me. So oh, I appreciate awesome. that. I don't ever find like we're making digs at each other and, and you know, quipping each other with like, you know, short jabs. Like, why is that enjoyable? <laughs> no, like, oh my gosh. I, the craziest thing is like that. Because you saying that, it literally brings me back to like my high school group, who I would say I would love, I would do anything for those people, but it was the exact same dynamic. And then the fact that you brought it back, is like, at the end of the day, it's not necessarily what you're, don't say it, like, you said it so beautifully in the fact that you're like, listen, it's not that you deserve it, but think of everything like energy, right? And if you're on a certain energy, um, frequency, you're going to just continue to attract that same frequency. So, you know, unfortunately, 
for people, especially for children. And this is why, you know, me personally, like children and, you know, I think like we have to take way better care of our children because literally we are setting them up for the rest of their lives. We are that through these kids are how we're creating the world to go on. And when things can go wrong with kids and when we're not protecting them and we're not making sure that they're safe and they're educated and that they're growing up in healthy environments, we're literally doing a disservice not only to them, but to the whole world. But regardless, it's like, you know, if a kid is in a situation where they're not feeling loved and, you know, there's a certain energy signature in the house of either like anger or sorrow or not enoughness, essentially that child learns to only, you know, it, that child becomes comfortable in a certain frequency, which is only going to attract more situations like that. Yeah. It's not necessarily that, oh, you know, that kid deserves it. No, never that. So for anybody who's going through some shit, like, no, nobody ever, ever deserves to be abused in any sort of situation. You have every right to protect yourself. You have every right to leave. Remember, you deserve and, love. And just to interrupt a second. Yeah, we're going to put up some like numbers and information and reach out. Always just reach out. There's always somebody always. who can catch you. So reach out. Always. Absolutely. <laughs> like, because it's, it's not okay. You get what I'm saying? But and you don't deserve it. Like, that's the number one thing. Like, you don't deserve it. You just, like, we really got to get to these kids. Like, listen, this is what's okay, and this is what's not okay. And if you're in a situation that's not okay, reach out, because like you said, there is somebody who does care. Somebody who is going to help you get out of that certain situation, because you don't deserve it. Not now, not ever in your entire life. God doesn't want that. The universe doesn't want that. There's love out there. There's true, genuine love out there. Like, sorry, just like, it yeah, kills me because at the end of the day. Yeah, accept your experience for as it is, but you don't have to keep accepting it. Once you're mm -mm. aware, don't keep accepting it, right? Mm -mm. Yeah. Not at all. Like, you know, because I just, I can only imagine, like, you know, thinking back then, for me personally, it's like, yeah, you know, why are, like, why are kids comfortable, you know, calling each other, like, bitches and hoes and yeah. all this, like, derogatory, and it's just like, you're, basically, you're telling the world it's okay. And if you keep saying that, you're essentially just hypnotizing yourself with this, you know, this such a like, you're, you're, you're hypnotizing yourself at a lower frequency and you can't get up high if you're so consistently trying to just keep yourself down. Like there's ways to get outside of that and just expand and grow. And honestly, it starts with self-love, point blank, period. Like I can't, you have to be, especially for adults out there, you know, you really have to be your own best friend you have to become the mother that you never had you have mm. to become the father that you never have you have to look inside yourself and find you know find that that child that's hurting and give them everything that they need because that's the only way you're going to get anywhere outside of that and then all of a sudden you know you start attracting cool people like sherry into your life and you start meeting you know you start like the world is just different and it's yeah. like like you said, that experiences the past. You can't change the past. You get what I'm saying? You can't change the future. Absolutely. That's and it. you can use it to propel you into a better future. But you have to become aware of what's okay and what's not. And I'm just looking at myself. I look so messed up right now. You My look hair so is not cool. Done. I was thinking like <laughs> garden gnomish. I love it. <laughs> I want to plant flowers all around you. <laughs> Sorry, I just completely like messed up my point. But regardless, people, like, listen, I love you. Sherry loves you. There are people in this world that love you, and you are worth so much more 
then you know, and it's only up to you because what you say you deserve, the universe will give you. So make sure that your price is extremely expensive because the universe will give you that. <laughs> that's my TED talk. Thanks for coming. That's awesome. I love it. No, that's the Shay talk. Why are we TED talking? We're Shay talking. <laughs> Shay talk. Sorry. Love it. Not every time I look at myself, I'm going to think garden gnome. And I'm going to just laugh. I cannot. It's so cute. I cannot. <laughs> I love the look. But, you know, I cut my hair and then I didn't straight. Like it was straight. It was so nice when it was straight. And then I woke up and like worked out. So I sweated it out, jumped into the shower and it just like frizzed up. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh God, I'm just going to put on a hat and like, you know, do what I got to do. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, yo, you could, you have anything else you want to share? Anything that I, you know, wanted I mean, to add to that? I think, I think that was great. This was a, a lot of fun. Thank you. I appreciate this every time. No, thank you so much. You know, you shared, you shared your story and that, that I'm like, how, you know, in a sense, like, how does something like, how do you come out of something like that? Like, you get what I'm saying? and like come out and like you're in, an inspiration and now you're raising, you know, two daughters who, you know, God forbid, like they would never have to be in a situation like that. Yeah. You know, like you're breaking those generational curses and mm, that's huge, you know, but you decided to do that. You know, you put in the work to be able to do that. Like you had to do what you had to do to make sure that, listen, I might have been born into something, you know, and I'm not going to make, I'm going to make sure that I won't pass this trauma onto my kids, this trauma onto my family. I'm going to make sure that they know all the things that I should have been taught as a child. So thank you for that. And honestly, thank you so much. There are some deeper conversations to be had that just came up to mind about this. Uh, but I think I'll, I'll let it go for now. <laughs> are you sure? Oh, yeah. Because I mean, this is for sure going to be triggering. So maybe next time. <laughs> No problem. It's up to you. I appreciate that. A trigger a day. Yeah, you know, a trigger a day keeps the mindful. <laughs> keeps you mindful. Mindful. Jesus. We're trying nah, to be mindless here. The best thing about, hey, it's only a trigger when you don't know, when you're unaware. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. By the time that everything is just like, hmm. Like you were saying, sometimes the worst things can happen, right? Like, I noticed it with myself and I didn't notice it before. Like, you know, death to me was like the scariest thing. And if I could sit and literally be face to face with death and not cower and not, you know, suppress my emotions and take it day by day and step by step, guess what? I'm not afraid anymore. You get what I'm saying? I, the, weird, the worst thing, the weirdest thing to me is like, I see the beauty in it. You get what I'm saying? And that's a lesson I can't get from life. You know, some lessons, unfortunately, are, are taught best through death. Mm. And like, I could be like, you know what? Screw God. Screw the universe. And it's just like, like you said, sometimes, like even with my nephew, you know, he next month would have been his first birthday. And I'm like, nine months. But my God, what a beautiful nine months, you know? And I would take that over not having him at all any day in any lifetime. And I'm like, I'll be okay. Like some days are gonna hurt, it's gonna suck. You know, I'm gonna oh, get yeah. triggered, but ultimately I found peace. 
And that alone is worth more than anything. And you sharing your piece though, Shahadra, thank you so much for that because that is so healing for other people too, to know that, that it's possible and that you can share it, not just experience it, but then express it. So thank you. Cause I know it's all still pretty real and raw. So thank you. <laughs> what a life we live, eh? <laughs> right? What a life we live. We're going to talk though. I still, I mean, you can cut this recording. Yeah. Then... Yeah. Okay. Ah. Peace out. <laughs> oh.